Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. How's it going? Very professional setup we got going here. Hey, so we're not in the garage because it's like 10 degrees right now, and so we decided to come inside um, since we had guests. If we didn't have guests, we would have just been outside and been cold. But welcome to episode 10, I think it is, the Let's Go Elks podcast. It's been a few minutes since uh, we were able to meet, probably because there wasn't things were so up in the air, and that's kind of what we want to talk about for, for just a minute here in just a minute. Uh, but we have some new faces, so we wanted to take a second. If you would, um, just introduce yourself. Let us maybe know one cool thing about you that we may not know. Something, what's going on good in your world? But, Jeff, I'm going to leave this off. Yeah, I'm, I'm the assistant principal at the high school and athletic director. Um, third year of being at the, at the high school. I love it. I love working, working with our staff and our kids. Um, and I love to hunt. And, and my family loves to hunt. And uh, it's it's good stuff. It's true. He does. And he took you, as I understand. I've seen Facebook pictures or something. Yeah, he's quite the guide. Um, so we got got down there in Unit 27 and had a good old time. And Jeff spotted a big old buck from what two miles away, yeah. something like that. He's always away. He's got all the good with his naked eye. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never saw the thing until. Jeff, he, he took my rifle and he, he put it on stones and got it all fixed up and Dialed accounted for elevation and wind and all I had to do was pull the trigger, Wes. It was quite the hunt. So are so. we promoting a business? Is this a new <laughs> thing? <we got? laughs> no. Ladies and gentlemen, something no. something outfitter starting right no. now. Get your no. Yeah. But, but that's great. That was cool. And that was your first. That was first. Yeah. First experience, right? Uh, so it was a good one. Outstanding. Yeah, real good. Um, definitely one of the things that we see on Jeff's Facebook feed a lot is you and your family together. And I think that's one of my favorite things is when I see a family enjoying something like all all together. Rustin was just in here and we were talking, setting up the camera, and he's like, "Dad, I hope the AA voted yes because I want to get to video again. I want to get to go to the games." Um, he enjoys getting to travel with us, even if it means sitting behind a camera freezing his butt off. And so, but whatever it is, it's cool to see the family do it together. Dan, your family's always on the road at a softball tournament, right? I mean, that's you're a better man than me being 120 degree heat under some umbrella or an easy up, man. <laughs> I just well, when basketball started, of course, when the AA came out with their club rules, the girls had to suspend all their club activity mm -hmm. because every weekend they'd have to sequester for 14 <coughs> days and that just wasn't going to work so they notified their coaches that they weren't going to be playing club ball until it was essentially a blackout for them a little cart before the horse of where we're going to go with the conversation but it was really neat to see that there was forgiveness there mm -hmm. in the meeting to say that any student that did compete over the weekend that did do some things that that's not going to be held against them over the next 14 days because i know we had some athletes that did go down and participate. Um, the, the reason we're actually having this podcast is we were in your office, I was talking with Jeff, mm -hmm. to try to get a plan for winter sports, and we got a call from a parent wanting to know um, if we'd heard and we'd seen what had happened, and if so, my daughter has a tournament tomorrow, can she go, right? And so immediately, it, so much, it goes back to these students just wanting to get to do something, right. these athletes wanting right. to get to play somewhere, something, right? But, um, but we'll get back to that. Um, Ethan Holiday is always something cool. I don't know why I'm doing everybody's like thing and talk about you and your family, but Ethan's family does board games, which is really cool. They all dig some cool board game stuff. But yeah. we're amazingly nerdy. It's awesome. It's true. I dig it. But what else is good in your world, Ethan? Uh, weather's holding out. Logging's been pretty good. Can't complain. And uh, I don't know. 
this whole thing uh, sure makes uh, esports looking pretty good. Something that I didn't put on the thing, but I wanted to talk about because I like to see Jeff's eye twitch a little bit when we, <laughs> when we talk about it. But if, if you guys wanted to hang around, I thought about us having another another conversation about that because the AIA in the last week uh, released a play or released a notification that uh, FIFA 21 and Madden 21 now will be officially competed this spring as an esport as well. So now there's four games that esports now encompasses, and so uh, League of Legends, Rocket League, FIFA 21, and Madden 21. So um, don't know if it, if it was the timing of winter sports or something they were considering anyway, but um, interesting to see that expanding sure. right, into into more and more things. Now it's now it's not just a PC thing. Now it's it can be a console thing. Now it can fit things that students have in their homes more often. Right, they don't have, to have a gaming rig. If you got a PlayStation, you got Madden. You're you're well on your way at that point. So I think that helps bring that to the kids a little more. But anyway, um, to start things off really quick, we wanted just to touch base since we had the middle school and high school principal with us, since you carry both of those hats. Double one, duty. One, how is that going? And two, how has the school year been with the accommodations, uh-huh. with the staff, with the students, just online learning, offline? Like, how's it all been? Um, you In know, 30 we... 30 seconds. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we started uh, this year, I played a song for the staff. It was an REO Speedwagon song. Anybody... Like REO Speedway. I, I thought it was going to be, we didn't start the fire. No, it wasn't <laughs> Billy Joel. It wasn't Billy Joel. But anyway, and, and what we said is we're going to roll with the changes. Okay. And so I, I played it for the middle school and for the high school. And I said, you know, this is going to be our anthem. Because what we say we're going to do and, and the direction that we have, just understand there's a lot of things that can come into play where we might have to switch it up. We're all going to have to be flexible for the kids. Uh, you know, around... Uh, mid-November was one of those examples when we, we did have a spike yeah. and we did have uh, some students and uh, which you know later on the, we, we put the kids all distance learning for Thanksgiving break which really gave our teachers a little bit of breathing room mm-hmm. and also you know provided that buffer for us so that that's one of the examples and I just want to you know, commend our, our teachers for being flexible uh, and our parents as well uh, for being able to adapt, uh, whether it be, you know, going uh, using the Google Classroom, yeah. uh, which could you imagine a, a year ago from now, yeah. we knew about the Google Classroom, but we didn't know about the Google Classroom. Two teachers knew how to exactly. use it, right? Kind yeah, of thing. exactly. Yeah. You know, we talk about, oh, yeah, we got to try the Google Classroom. We got to try the Google. Now, I mean, it is how we how we do it well i watched my know. sixth grader and he can check in on on all of his periods he mm-hmm. can more or less cover his classes now with what he's got going on in google classroom he was just in a just a little bit ago and so it's neat to see that the kids are on board it as well i didn't have to sit down with rustin for an hour and log in and get him his stuff he he was ready to go so yeah. you know it's great to see the staff yeah and the second part to that that we talked about was um previously we talked about instruction and then we talked about technology as two different things. Okay. And, you know, um, as time has progressed, that's all one, one way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Technology is instruction. And so it's just a big paradigm shift that it's an evolution of uh, instruction. And uh, it's, it's exciting to learn and, and get better. Um, so anyway, that's, that's been a big 
it's been a challenge, but a real benefit to, to our kids. Well, leveraging tools in different ways becomes paramount in how we communicate, right? When, uh, with the people that I work with uh, at Tucson Electric Power, we, we, the mantra is that email is not communication. It's documentation, right? It's finding the right medium, how to do it, how to work it. And so mm -hmm. you see um, Google Meet, you see Zoom, you see different ways that we can communicate. You see one of the coolest things I think I saw, and we highlighted it on a previous podcast, was a par uh, teacher found that she could take a, a blank CD and point it at a 45 degree angle and now had like a surface top way that she could instruct her classroom all from oh, her computer cool. webcam. So just like these little things that teachers found, mm -hmm. man, I can still do whiteboarding with my kids just with a piece of paper and a little mirror, you know? And so that was kind of cool. It's like getting more tools in the tool belt, right? Whether it's online, offline, um, you see the benefit for the athletes with Google Classroom because if they miss a day or they miss an afternoon, right. it's easier for a parent to be able to connect with the mm -hmm. kid and say, what'd you miss? <clears throat> we, we want you to compete. We want you eligible. What'd you miss? And it's easy now to connect with those teachers via, right. via Google Classroom. Um, what, what I'd leave you with, and of course technology, that's, that's all been good, but we talk about the, the real purpose of school. Yes, reading and writing, you, you can learn all that through technology and, and whatnot. But the people skills and learning to work with people, I mean, that's, that's another big component of why we go to school, mm -hmm. is to learn to get along, uh, to learn how to solve, you know, whether it be a conflict problem or, or whatnot, uh, because those, those things are, those kids are going to need whenever they become adults. Absolutely. And so we just uh, are grateful that we're in a school district where our board wants our kids to be in person, in school. Um, and so it's it's been good as much as we can right as much it, as we can what, what's funny is that it seems like this last spring we saw parents we saw adults and kids alike going through similar growing pains with zoom and google meet and stuff like that i saw professionals that have never had to interact with a video call now having to deal with social interaction digitally right mm -hmm. and you see teachers doing it with students and it was like everybody was doing the same growth at the same time and to me it's really neat to see kids getting through it now we took it as opportunities in our home of man mute look at, at like teaching these things that these kids are going to do for the rest of their life yeah. and if they know how to do a zoom call as a fifth grader man that job interview that they do the first time they're going to present themselves they're going to know what audio then when audio's bad like they're going to have a lot of these tools that we fumbled through on the fly lots and lots of people were trying to make work well what do you mean microphone i don't know what you're talking about right yeah. and so um I feel that way about my kids with cell phones is the earlier that I can teach my kid what a good phone call's like and what a bad phone call's like and hanging up and text messaging and like we get through all those bumps now, yeah. hopefully less of those mistakes happen. So again, trying to make lemonade out of where the, the, the situation we were put in last year, but um, I just so happy with how the school handled, at least from my perspective mm -hmm. as, as a parent, seeing my kids introduce the technology with the teachers they had. Um, my kids are spoiled and have had excellent teachers at the elementary and middle school, and so a huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to Merrill and Aaron and the yeah, technology side of things. It seems mm -hmm. like it seems like things just worked, and you got to appreciate that as as a parent because it was one less hurdle, you mm -hmm. know, to, to deal with. And so, um, so the reason we wanted to chat for a minute really is to talk about what's been going on. I guess it's been about six weeks more later, but really the last. Four or five days is kind of is kind of been the big thing, with the the AIA coming out with a an, it was a an emergency executive meeting or it was a meeting that I didn't know was going to happen. Right. It seemed like it was pretty quiet, hush hush, maybe not in that meaning, but they had a meeting and voted um, four to five to cancel 
the season with the five being the deciding vote and it was a yes and they canceled winter sports and that was when we were in your office and we were trying to figure things out and so um jeff take us if you will from that moment or behind a little bit more yeah kind of let us know from an athletics perspective winter sports yeah <clears throat> you know let's uh you know kind of going back and touching base in the fall um you know our um our, our fall sports teams had had great success and um you know football um, competed at the 3A level, um, you know, Coach Bell um, and all those coaches, you know, did such a good job of getting those boys prepared, competing, um, you know, and, and they, they put together a season that you know, we're, we're just so proud of them and, and what they did, um, you know, and, and still just amazed. And, and I know Slade and I have talked about this. When you're on the sidelines, you get to see a lot. Um, you know, and, and uh, to watch watch Marcus, Coach Bell, you know, do his thing, um, he is an amazing teacher. He's an amazing coach. And, you know, being an administrator, you, you know, you evaluate teachers and, and you look for ways to give feedback to those teachers. Um, you know, and being on the sidelines, it's, it's a constant, uh, a constant classroom, if you will, of, of teaching analyzing giving feedback constantly to to get those those boys to do what they need to do um you know it's it, it's quite amazing to, to sit there and watch um, his ability to do that and um, he's a great teacher um, on the football field and you know just my hats off to him and his his crew for doing that and and uh, for having a great season well, with, um, what, with what you were just saying about how it's a classroom, right? That goes directly to what you said about what school's really about. And while this is an extracurricular, we're giving these kids opportunities in a different way to learn, to interact, to mm -hmm. problem solve, to do all these things, and to have it from a different place, from a different person. You know, Coach right. Bell and his teaching style. It was, it was, it's neat. It is fun to watch. It. Yeah. I had somebody ask me at the last game. They're like, so we're going back down to 2A, right? And I said, <laughs> we made it to the quarterfinals, a division up in our first year. I don't think we're going anywhere. You know, I'm pretty sure yeah. we're comfortably in, in 3A. But Yeah, but. you know, the one thing about it is, you know, they're going to get their team ready to play, you know, at whatever level. Um, you know, and I was able to go to go to a few practices and pop in um, a couple times during the, during the season. You know, and, and I don't know that everyone understands what goes on under practice, uh, you know, but there's a lot of feedback, a lot of critique, you know, but one, one day I went down there, um, you know, coach was, was filming his, his DBs and, and understanding how to get into position, what to do and what not to do, you know, and that instant feedback right there, video and showing them on the phone, you know, that's, that's a, an upper level, you know, something that um, I just don't know if you see all the time. Uh, you know, with other programs, and so he just just a great coach, and he does a good job with those kids. Um, you know, getting into volleyball, we had uh, Coach Donaldson. Uh, she won the two A East, or I'm sorry, two A South, uh, which was a new new division that we went in, new region, and and um, she went undefeated in that region um, and earned Coach of the Year um, accolades for for 2A, 2A South, and so that was, you know, fantastic to see. She did a great job, um, you know, always always trust her when she's going places, and, you know, she's just a, a great person in that position um, and did such a good job for those girls. We had a lot of girls earn, earn recognition and honors, and, um, you know, she did a great job. Um, you know, girls soccer, boys soccer, they competed. Um, girls soccer got to the play-in game. Um, you know, did 
did good things there. Uh, Coach James and, and uh, Coach Hamblin, Kalisha. Um, you know, boys soccer didn't have the the outcome that we were you know hoping for, but we did beat St. John's twice. So, you know, that's that, right that's season. something to be something to to be proud of. Um, you know, and then we had uh, Jessica Madrid, who uh, you know competed and, and was a runner-up at cross country um, for state, and she just you know if if you're ever out, you always see her running. And, oh, absolutely. You know, and she's has so much dedication and, and coach Josh Burton he was he's new to the to, new to the coaching staff this year and, and had Ashley um, Udall helping him so uh, that was a great thing uh, you know and then so we fast forward and get back into into winter sports um, you know we had uh, that initial pushback um, to January which I think uh, you know people kind of kind of felt that it was heading in that direction and um, you know, so we did the best we could with what we had, and um, you know, the the scheduling component was a challenge at that time to try and get everything pushed back. Um, and then they came in and, and pushed it back again. Um, you know, and so that's that's when a lot of you know people in the community and you know uh, people that work with the scheduling. That's when frustration starts to set in. Uh, you know, it it becomes frustrating with all the work uh, that you're putting in and. And I think the biggest thing is is understanding when when things like that happen. We have our kids that you know as adults we get frustrated, but you know our student athletes it's it's a little bit harder for them to to understand, and they're putting in a lot of work on the on the courts and and on the wrestling mat. Uh, coaches are putting in a lot of work and effort, and so you know frustration frustration builds. And at that time they came out with a statement that you know. Uh, basically said no matter what we're moving forward uh, with the season unless we're we're shut down by the governor and so you know that was all all indications pointing that January 18th is the start of the uh, competitive season um, actually got an email from um, from our 2A guy um, on Thursday so that would have been last Thursday at about 830 um, indicated the outline for for the winter sports season uh, you know, so at 8.30 on Thursday night, anticipating, you know, next week we're getting going. Mm -hmm. um, no indications about anything anything else. And so, it, you know, we had a meeting that Friday, last Friday set up to, to go over the logistics of live streaming. Um, you know, and that news did come in. Uh, and, uh, you know, at that, I really don't know how to handle that. You know, it's like, what? what really you know and and uh, so I think it had to have been the culmination of how many versions of the schedule had you gone through how many hours how many yeah. conversations did you have like eight times with somebody and uh, I can't I, I can't connect with the level of stress that you guys had to have yeah. come to a head in that moment and rightfully so yeah the you know the 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 most important thing um, you know is understanding the impact that it's going to have on have on our kids and our athletes at that point, um, you know, and all this excitement and anticipation and you're building up and you're ready to go, um, you know, and then to have that pulled out from underneath you, uh, you know, for, for the kids that it was, it was devastating. And, um, but in the meantime, through uh, up until today, you know, there had been a lot of discussion about alternative plans and uh, putting things together. A lot of those alternative plans, um, 
we're still going to Im impose really the uh, AIA modified guidelines that they had in place and still um, some fan restrictions and things like that. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that was just was just being put together um, without, uh, you know, without everyone understanding what went into that. You know, a lot of ADs coming together, putting ideas together. Uh, there were still going to be modifications put into place, um, you know, but we were looking forward to having something else. And um, then today's, you know, today's news, they uh, decided to revote and, and uh, things changed, which brought the AIA back into the picture. Um, and so, you know, with that, there's some challenges that, uh, you know, we're going to have to maneuver through. Um, you know, on, on the positive side of things, they, they did reconsider to have a couple parents of each kids at home events and so that's you know something positive I'm very adamantly against the no fan policy I you know as having a, a child myself that plays basketball plays all the sports you know I understand where parents they they need to be able to see their kids play well, um, and just no for doubt. clarity for people that didn't listen to the two-hour stream today is is the statement goes home games to parents or legal guardians right. is the wording the AIA has released at this point. Right. Um, some less clarity, or maybe you can clarify for us when it comes to away games. So for the parents yeah. that are saying, well, okay, I can go to the dome, but what about when we travel? You know, and, and uh, there, there's, even even with the meeting today, there's there's still some things that, that I have to look through. We need to meet as administration and, and sift through the fine details and see what we can and what we can't do. Um, and so uh, the way that it, it was explained in that meeting, um, the way that I took it was, you know, it's going to be, you know, two parents per player uh, for home events. Um, but some locations may be up against um, local guidelines of get event gatherings to where they may not be able to, to have that ability to bring that many people in or there may be a limit to how many parents can come in yeah. etc so occupancy restrictions right. I heard him talk about that a little bit well if it can only be 50 people how do you deal with what 50 get in right and right. so that's I can only imagine how many more questions you have now that you didn't even have to think about like it's all right. new again and and so there's you know there I know everybody you know wants answers and and wants a direction and uh, you know before we come out and make these you know statements we need to to be fully informed on what it, exactly it's going to be uh, so we don't misinform people um, and so we've got a lot of work to do uh, to go through those things and and communicate with other ad's and and see where people are at so one other point for clarity that i know was discussed a lot in this meeting that was an additional modification that i think was somewhat of a surprise is, is athletes, not just coaches and officials, but athletes wearing masks as well. And that will also be the, the spectators from, mm -hmm. from the way that the guidelines were presented in the meeting. Um, do you want to expound or, or kind of provide just a little, whatever clarity we yeah. do have right I, now? I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Um, I disagree with it. I, I don't think that, uh, um, you know, I, for athletes on a, on a court, uh, you know, I played uh, high school athletics, college athletics. I, I just don't, I, I can't wrap my head around understanding how they can expect our kids to do that. I, I just don't understand that. Um, 
Well, I work in an, in an industrial setting, and I've had so many people that work out in those fields talking about how hard that is, one, to breathe in the heat, two, to exert yourself and have that happen. And so you take that to a field. You take that to a wrestling mat. Ethan, I, it, so wrestling alone, you're breathing like crazy for you know the five, six minutes that you're wrestling. But on top of that, tell me how you're going to be able to control placement of a face mask while rubbing your face against uh-huh. the mat, you know? And so what do you anticipate or what do you, like, I don't want to have too much conjecture, but that's going to be a hard thing to, it's a hard bill, right, for the officials, for the players. It, it'd be so hard to officiate. Like, what do you, you know, are you going to stop the match every five seconds when someone's cross-facing or going for a, a double leg and it just catches on their leg? I just... You lose a point every time uh, yeah, your mask comes you off. You get three know? warnings and then you're disqualified. Like, whoever has a yeah. better mask wins now. Like, So hopefully, again, it's going to be clarity yeah. hopefully, and, and not very long, right? It, it, like so many things 2020 was, it's going to be learning as we go, right? We're going to go to a match. We're going to have something happen. And then hopefully there's either some adjustments or we're able to, to participate a little differently. And I can only see that happening is, is you're going to get feedback from, from students in the moment and you're going to have ADs they're going to say look we tried man yeah. like here's video of us trying we duct taped the mask on yeah. you know and we're still having trouble so well even yeah. in wrestling I mean it, it's concerning for me to have someone's face covered up and they're in a compromised situation you don't see them turn a purple you know that's officiating nightmare right there cause... other safety implications that can yeah, happen so, as well so yeah and that's you know aside from um, the fan you know uh I forget who the board member was on there that, uh, you know, brought the discussion up. You know, I applaud that guy for, you know, recommending at least two parents to get in. You know, that I I was just having a really, really hard time, uh, you know, with that side of things uh, before they went in and and changed this. Um, You know, so thankfully they did come out with that. Um, But right now the, the main discussion among ADs that we're having is how, you know how feasible is is a mask during competition um, and so I you know I, I just don't know what it's going to look like I think there's going to be uh, you know some learning curves that are going to come with this and um, you know I, I think about you know kids from the Gila Valley that'll come up here and compete at 7,000 feet elevation you know that, already stressed right? yeah yeah you know that that that's going to be an impact on them um, so I, I I don't know I don't know what that's going to look like I you know we're gonna uh, do the best we can to get get our kids the the least restrictive thing around their mouth that we can and so um, I guess we'll wait and see okay so so how more. That, I hate to jump in but how would that how is this gonna deal with the new compliance component that the AIA also introduced in the meeting uh, you know if you have students who are pulling their mask down to catch their breath According to the vote, the way I understand it today, one of their amendments was that they could pull the officials and end the game. Right. And it's over. Right. Um, you know, so at what point does, you know, when do you consider player safety as far as personal safety, being able to breathe, for instance, through right. the mask? You know, is that, is this going to be a matter of the officials having the ability to use? Discretion. A little bit of what discernment on their part. Will they yeah. be able to use discretion, or is there going to be a AIA person in every game saying, no, timeout's over, you're not complying, 
empty the yeah. before and, before every football game you always see I always would see Steve Elder or or Chris Matthews or you down with the officials and so I'm, I can only imagine that before those matches you're going to be in communication the officials like there's going to be a lot of effort and again I think the emphasis that comes across the board is for the athletes right we're going to do everything we can to try to give the students the most normal experience that right. that we can right and so obviously a really developing thing we don't have any of you know I think we have two of the answers out of right 100, yeah you know so you know and that's that's the thing I wish I had all of the answers I wish I could uh, you know lay out the exact and detailed plan I just at this you know we're we're six hours post meeting and yeah. I I just don't have all those answers I come out yet. tomorrow and decide to have another meeting you're gonna play are you gonna play the song again tomorrow because that's literally where we're at right I mean we had you'd set up the best laid plans the schedule mm -hmm. is in place here right. we go and gone and right. now back but different and so it's 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 again in true COVID-19 slash 2020 fashion yeah every day is a new day we're, we're making right. policy up in a daily hourly fashion right, right sometimes yeah and we you know trying to keep <clears throat> remember that we're keeping the kids that's that's the most important thing is our athletes and, and our student athletes and you know we have to keep that at the forefront what what can we do to let those kids have a season you know I I always I always say you know these our kids never get it back they don't mm -hmm. get these experiences back ever unless you know they go on to play uh, college sports or, or even go higher than that you know high school athletics for for the vast majority of kids this is what they get you know we were fortunate that that we didn't have to to deal with this stuff when we we're in high school uh, you know and, and in the last year's time you know we look look back and, and we look through all of this um, you know our kids are the ones that are the most impacted and so what can we do to keep them um, continuing to have a season to be able to continue to compete for a state championship uh, you know I was fortunate to, to win a state title when I was in high school and you know there's very few things competitively um, that equal that and you remember those things for the rest of your life and you have camaraderie that you have with with your teammates um, you know and, and you reflect on those things throughout the rest of your life um, we need to let our kids have that you know and and uh, uh, very much an advocate for letting our kids get those opportunities uh, to experience well you talk about that that when you hang up your jersey for the last time right for almost all kids that's in high school for a small subset they go to college even a smaller subset play professionally but the interesting thing that that i had a conversation with somebody recently is what is happening in these last couple seasons that's going to have cascading effects on a kid that didn't get to play their senior year and showcase their talent right of them going to college like right. is that offer gone is that offer now different is that offer now a d2 school instead of a d1 like there's going to be so many cascading effects that i don't even think we've realized yet that right. four years from now is the nfl draft going to be slim pickings compared to what it would be in any other season right are we, yeah. are we going to see some things that are a little bit more shallow than, yeah. than it would be yeah well i can tell you as a parent of a child who has been receiving letters and recruitment information uh, she's scared to death and the reason she's scared to death is because the NC2A keeps allowing seniors. Last year they allowed the seniors one more year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. Now they're allowing another year of eligibility for this year's seniors. So what's happening is is you're getting a log jam right. so yep. that now new recruitment becomes less of a focus because teams are now top-heavy with players that should have cycled out 
but now have another year of eligibility. Forget red shirt years. Forget all these other things. Right. Now they're stacked. So it's actually opposite of the problem that I was thinking in my head right. when I was talking about it. That's that's crazy. Well, and 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 then we, you know, also uh, just not this not this particular uh, rest of the winter and spring season, you know, but also looking down the road, um, you know, in the future with with uh, high school sports and and uh, you know we want to make sure we have all all of the uh, availability for these kids to play the teams that we want to play mm -hmm. um, you know the rivalry games the you know snowflake and and blue ridge and sholo and we want to make sure that you know we still have those opportunities for our kids they remember those those are important to the community um, and so there's there's a lot to discuss a lot to think about um, you know and so before we you know jump into to, into making decisions we you know i need to talk to to all my coaches and and see what their feelings are um and and see kind of you know what where we where we stand so i appreciate just a little bit of the the insight that i've got to see as we've been trying to figure out what's going on is is how much at the end of the day that it is about the kids and sometimes we can lose perspective of that right, right? we we rah rah and things get exciting but at the end of the day you guys are thinking of the kids and what's best not just for this year's kids because people that have a senior i can only imagine how heartbreaking that is and kids that had a absolutely. senior last year absolutely right it, the, the perspective that you're not just thinking of this season and last year's seniors but do we want to be able to play a sport two years from now and if so what are the best strategic decisions to make in order to right to do that yeah. so yeah I, I go back i you know, it, the, our seniors last year, they, they lost their spring season, you know, and, and, and that was, you know, a, a travesty in and of itself. Um, you know, and this year's seniors, um, you know, they have, they have weathered last year's shutdown, um, mm -hmm. you know, and they've weathered uh, a shortened fall season with modifications and, and, and all of the unknown. We, we go into the winter season, our seniors are, are weathering this storm now. You know, we go into what we hope is the spring season, um, you know, when they're still, you know, it's hard to trust and, and know what's going to happen. You right. know, I, I I mean, all indications point that we will have a spring season. But, you know, those juniors from last year, they, they sure have, have weathered, um, you know, in my opinion, uh, what, what a 17 or 18-year-old should not have to weather, you know, and they've done so in great fashion. Um, and hopefully this year can can end on a good note for them. Well, you t you start talking about seniors and opportunities, and you step outside of athletics for just a little bit. We had seniors that didn't experience their senior prom. We had mm -hmm. so many schools. Fortunately for us, we had a graduation, but how many schools didn't have a semblance of a normal graduation? Right. Um, and so that comes around again as to how many more of these kids that were juniors now seniors are going to have again effects like this, that they're not going to experience somewhat of a normal, quote-unquote, experience that we see in high school, right? Love it or hate it, you had a prom, right? right? You went stag, you had a date, you did whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, people have their prom story, or they didn't go when that was their story, you know? And, yeah. But they had one to go to, right? Last year's kids didn't have Skills USA, didn't have FBLA State, those other things outside of athletics. And so um, I, again just really appreciate what the school's doing to try to make it as much of a normal experience for our kids as we possibly can. Winter formal's coming up in a few weeks. We're trying to give these kids as much of a normal year as we can, right? School assemblies as much as we could in the fall, which was cool to see right. those those things happening. So um, is there anything 
that you want to bring up about about things like that are coming on outside of athletics, or would you like to touch on the middle school as well, just a little bit on is there any? Well, I, I think there? what we would talk about with middle school athletics kind of goes along the lines of what we're talking about with high school, except you know our our plan is <clears throat> to have fans at middle school games, and uh, only at home we wouldn't be able to to dictate that you know going that away games. Mm -hmm. Uh, so as of right now, you know, we're uh, not under, you know, the AIA with middle school. It's our own league, so we're able to, to have some more flexibility there. Uh, so anyway, but like I said, we've got to be flexible with that as well because, you know, who knows, next, next week or whatever, Tomorrow, yeah. something else could come down. Uh, that White Mountain League, they uh, like to stay in line with the AIA, uh, but, you know, it's a lot less formal obviously yeah. you know it's it's interesting uh you know you bring that up actually this afternoon um i had a um had an ad call me who who is associated with uh, white mountain league and you know it it's really interesting to see the different perspective of the different demographics and what people are facing um you know and and the conversation um, revolved around our school is you know trying to determine whether or not we want to send um, our kids to your location because you know you're allowing fans mm -hmm. and uh, you know so so it, it puts into perspective you know what it, again we bring the kids back into it do we you know so in that instance we may have a school decide we're not going to you're, we're not playing yet right you know and so then you ask yourself uh, do, do you want your kid to play that game and get that experience mm -hmm. or do you want to say, you know, tough? That's just the way it is. Right. Is it worth parents missing that one home game so right. the team comes and then you're creating, but then yeah. you're also creating exceptions right. and right. You know, and I and I have my personal feelings about it. You know, and and uh, for sure. But it also again brings back to the forefront what's going to be the best for for our kids, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that specific situation. So people are dealing with this around the, you know, around the mountain and, and around the state and country for that fact of, you know, how are, you know, how are different people thinking different things and what are the demographics showing for those people and, and how do you make things work out? It's, right. it's just challenging. It's yeah. not necessarily a one-size-fits-all situation. That's what makes it so hard because the demographics of mm -hmm. locations and right. school districts and yeah, I think one of the guys at the uh, the AIA meeting today said it pretty well. You're either really for it or you're really against it. You know, very polarized, and it's just really tough to to work through. Right. You know, working with these different districts. So well, to end it in in a, in a good note, unless there's other points that you would like to make to bring up for people, please do. Is that I I just appreciate all the effort that has been going into it. That our kids are getting something. That we're doing everything we can so that they can have an opportunity to have something um whether it's fans no fans it's whether it's masks no masks that we're doing everything we can that the kids get to play the game right the kids get to have those social interactions because mm -hmm. that's really what school is about we're teaching our kids to be better people whether it's math whether it's arithmetic whether it's social skills whether it's whatever we're, we're teaching them we're trying to prepare them for the world that they're they're entering into whether it's a zoom meeting as a kindergartner you know what yeah. whatever those things um and, and looking at it trying to look at it from the glass half full 
that it has been neat to see some things that have come from the experience that we've had. We've talked about a few of them, but is there anything that you've seen that has happened because of our modifications with COVID that you see us doing in the future? We talked about the graduation parade, mm. right? Oh, yeah. That I don't yeah. know if you could not let that happen again. Yeah. People sure <clears throat> sure seem to enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that we are going to work on getting that parade uh, back on. That's cool. Uh, like I said, very awesome to be able to celebrate our students and give them the spotlight as they're rolling down Main Street. Right. Um, don't know about, as of right now, graduation is still planning on being in the Dome. Uh, but uh, can't say enough about all the people that helped us out last year with the, the outdoor graduation. Uh, it, the big tractor trailer out there, fireworks show. It sure was cool. Uh, what a cool story, just, right? Yeah, Tailgate and graduation, yeah, right? right? I mean, come on. Yeah. And those kids have a story to tell. One, they got a graduation. Mm -hmm. And two, it was outside with the sunset, with the dome as the backdrop, fireworks going as their video played. I mean, it's, it was awesome. It's a pretty cool story, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, hundreds of people involved in making those couple days happen. Daniel, you think of Daniel just inside the dome. He was painting lines for parking spots. They were... They were doing tons of stuff yeah. to make that happen. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought Daniel up. You know, those those guys, that, and I know we've highlighted them um, on, on the boosters page and whatnot, but, you know, they the work they put in um, is, is absolutely amazing at what they're able to do um, and get that dome facility ready for our kids to play. Um, you know, those guys are, are just amazing at what they do. You know, they've they've made upgrades, um, new countertops, uh, but just at the, at the drop of a hat, they can can go and do anything in that dome um, and have it up and running, you know, just at, at merely the snap of a finger and they're they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we sure appreciate those guys. Yeah. It's a complex facility, but it's so neat to see that. They're, they're the people that you see in the background that you don't want to see, right? It's like IT. You never want your computer to be broken. And I love highlighting those guys because I get to talk to them during the football games as we're logistically standing up the games, and I work with Daniel a lot. And they're the unsung heroes. They're, right. You show up, and the dome looks great. And they've done everything, hours and hours and hours. Oh, and by the way, football's over. Boom, there's two wood floors down. You yeah. know, and there's bleachers up. And, oh, we want to have visitor bleachers this year. Another modification. Yeah. Oh, look at that. There's a whole set of visitor bleachers yeah. on the other side of the dome now, right? In the I middle. sure like that. I, I did too. And, again, another one of the lemonade moments, right, is yeah. I, I think that was cool. It made it feel a little more, a little more like Friday Night Lights, right, mm -hmm. to have the crowds on each side, the rah-rah, the we've got spirit, how about you kind of a thing. So... Is there anything else that you guys have seen, anything else that happens in the school? It's been a modification, but you see long-term being better for the, the school district or for the kids? Um, That's the only two things. That's all we got. No. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to think here. I, I think as far as our uh, online kids at home, okay. uh, prior to having this year, we had White Mountain Academy. You're probably mm -hmm. familiar with White Mountain Academy. And, and White Mountain Academy is really – transformed over the years from where it used to be just like an alternative school uh, to now where it was more blended online classes so even you know the last couple of years kids could do a history class online through White Mountain Academy and get cr high school credit for it through Rand Valley High School. Well, it's, it's harder and harder. My little sister graduated a year or two ago yeah. and seeing them try to stack their schedules with some kind of sports schedule. With yeah. some, that I think my little sister actually took a class with White Mountain Academy because it worked. She was mm -hmm. able to compete better 
worry less because she knew she could do that. And so right. I, I can't remember what class it was, but she fit that in with her school experience. Yeah. So I what what I anticipate going forward is that you know it, it will. Uh, there's talks about maybe expanding that for earlier grades. Uh, some kids they they just learn they learn better, you know, on the computer or uh, because of a family situation or whatever, it, it works out better for them. Uh, so I, I anticipate that uh, maybe the district will explore looking at, you know, because I think that families will begin to expect that districts will have an online portion where their kids can go to school. And um, I know that we talked a little bit about Governor Ducey, you know, and his speech saying he wants uh, kids to get back to the classroom. Uh, it would actually be um, Arizona has uh, what they call Arizona Online High School uh, instruction, and so the district would have to apply for that. Okay. And they would the kids would essentially be just online students, and we would still get uh, funding for them. So it wouldn't okay. it, a little bit different than what we're doing now with just distance learning kids. So an evolving thing, just like everything else, something that exactly. we were that was somewhat forced to expand. Yeah. You look at Zoom, and Zoom had a crazy year last year. They went from three year, three million subscribers to three hundred million subscribers in very little time, and one they were able to scale. So props to them. They had security concerns, but I mean, you get you know that many more people looking at your stuff, stuff's going to happen, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. same kind of things happen, right? We expanded the ability to try to do online learning, learning, right? It hasn't been all cupcakes and rainbows, right? There's been things that we've done, yeah. we've learned, we grow, but here we are, right? And hopefully we come out with a more attractive school district. Look, we have online learning options. We have a more expanded um, skill set. We have more Chromebooks in the classroom now. There's, there's things that we've been kind of motivated to do because of the pandemic mm -hmm. that now, look, we've got kids in the classroom that have Chromebooks that are, that are getting to do different and cool things. Teachers have more tools now, right, with those electronics, and uh, kids obviously enjoy that time in the classroom yeah. as well. So Well, and I think we, we probably got at least, what, 600 Chromebooks this year. Mm -hmm. So um, probably another good thing that came out of this year is just, you know, more, more technology uh, that we got from the district, so... It was neat talking to Mr. Udall at the graduation live stream, um, an experience he had with a mom, like on her phone, outside the school, trying to get service. And so it was neat to see that those moments didn't go unheard. Mm -hmm. Those little moments, now we have the outdoor parking lot Wi-Fi that I know people can access. And so if you don't have good internet at home and you need to submit that assignment or whatever, that there's places they can go and they can get that internet access that they need. Um, I know it was at the elementary school during soccer season, my phone was like, hey, there's new there's a new internet connection here. Look at this, this outdoor Wi-Fi thing, right? And so, um, neat to see little things come up, right? That hopefully are are net positives, right? In all the things that we're experiencing right now. Um, Ethan, Dan, is a parent. Anything that you guys have seen that you want that you want to touch on as we kind of wrap things up? You know, I don't have any high school age kids yet. Mine are all middle and elementary school, and they're just. They're just young kids, happy to be back to school, and they really have just taken it all in stride with the distance learning and then being back in school, and they just, thank goodness kids are so flexible and... Resilient, yeah, in resilient. spite of their parents, oh, right? It's, yes, definitely. So, you know, just, you know, thanks to uh, school district and everyone who's worked so hard to make sure that they still can learn and grow, and, you know, we appreciate it. I'm... I'm too busy to do a lot of it, you know, so I appreciate that you guys are there to help. 
I can tell you, my daughters have enjoyed. They they've enjoyed the ability to go back to school. Um, they prefer the face to face versus the computer. Um, they did fine on the computer. You know, over Thanksgiving, Emily was deer hunting with me all day, and then she killed nice buck, by the way. Oh, thank you. She <laughs> really likes great. We could, and I got to tell you, it's pretty tasty. Now, so. <laughs> it's pretty tasty. We got the meat back already. It's, it's pretty tasty, but uh, but she was able to. She was able to. They were able to work on their assignments. I mean, so it's been beneficial having both. Uh, just because if you can go from one to the other and back and forth. Google Classroom and the way the school has really moved forward utilizing Google Classroom, I think, has been the single biggest improvement as a parent I've seen because it does allow athletes to stay kept okay. up with their coursework because now they can log in on a Saturday and do their makeup work from the previous week. And now, you know, when you get into basketball season, and softball season where you're playing multiple games a week, you're traveling all week, you know, that's gonna become even more important. So as a parent, I am just excited and glad that the school was, you know, basically forced into this. It, I realized it was really uncomfortable at first, but you know what, you guys have stepped up and done what I think is a really good job given the circumstances with which we started. I mean, because it was relatively new, nobody really knew how, you know, how to approach the question, and then all of a sudden, bam, all this got thrown on us. And the way that overall the schools reacted as a parent, I couldn't be more pleased. You know, it's easy to sit back an armchair quarterback and criticize some of the decisions that are made, but what people have to realize is those decisions are made in the moment. They're made in the moment based on the information that's available at the time. If we all had the ability to go back and change a bad decision based on new information, there wouldn't be any criticism. Right. But we can't do that. We don't have the convenience of being able to do that, neither as parents, nor as administrators, nor as teachers. So I can only applaud the school for its efforts in meeting this challenge the way they have, especially in a district as small as this compared to Metro Phoenix who you know I listen to I listen to news talk radio constantly while I'm working and a lot of those school districts had huge problems and never really got to a point where they adequately addressed them right you can't get your head above water right no. they weren't at a place they weren't equipped and so props to where the school was, even if we did feel like we were really deficient in the Google Classroom, mm -hmm. they stepped up to the plate, they were ready to go, we got them ready. The technology was in place that we were able to do that, and so the school district, I agree, did well. And I, I honestly think that one of the biggest net positives also is the ability for, for student athletes, for kids, for anybody, have heard you get sick, log into Google Classroom. You can know what's going on, it's not, well, when I get back next week, I'm going to have this mountain of paperwork, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we're used to as a kid. You miss three days of school, and my teacher gives me a ream of paper that I need to do, right? And mom and dad don't remember algebra, so good luck with that. You know that that kind of a that kind of a thing, and it, it gives our it gives our kids the opportunities on those long trips, on those long games, that if they can break out their Chromebook, get it out, do some homework, right? I know I would have, you know, as a student, you know, I would have done. Sure. That. 
Yeah, we all no. would. Yes, right? yes, we all is all <laughs> done before the game. But well, no. especially when your kids, you know, double and triple booked. You got kids that are in choir. They're also playing sports. They're also involved in other clubs and Absolutely. extracurricular activities. You know, you start adding all that stuff up, and there's only so many hours in the day. It was a really funny little moment in um, Modern Family that the mom goes to all of her kids' AP class like preps for school, and they're like, "Oh, you only have an hour and a half of homework a night." And then she's, she's like, at the fourth time she heard this, she gets on the board of this, like, this calculus classroom, and she's doing, like, two plus two, and she's <laughs> messing up. But the point she's making is the kids get home, and they have eight hours of homework a night, right? These kids are double booked. Oh, and practice, by the way. And oh, how many of these kids have a cow or horses or animals at home mm-hmm. or have something else? they got to break the ice in the morning, right? There's so many other things. And so anything we can do to try to line them up for success with, and with technology in this instance, I think, is, is great. As long as we're handing out attaboys to the school, uh, the district, and what they've done, can I just say that what what you guys have done with the meal program to help the kids, I know for a fact that's changed a lot of people's lives. Extending it throughout the summer, mm-hmm. you know, doing the free breakfasts and things for the kids in the mornings. Like, I know a lot of people who have been hurting throughout this year and have really benefited from that. So, awesome. Yeah. You know. Joe Stoiber, um, he's the... Central kitchen, he's yeah. a central kitchen guy, and, and uh, he's he's done just phenomenal work. Puts out a good product. Yeah, he actually uh, cares about the food. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest things to see right at the beginning in March and April was all the administrators out there handing out those sack lunches, making sure that because for for more kids than I think we want to know or talk about, that's their more solid meal of mm-hmm. the day, and for that to go away because of no control of their own, and right. so for that to be able to come back in a way, those free breakfasts, those things, I think, I, I mean, I'm sure Joe knows. I'm sure that's such a great job, and it's a very rewarding job, but um, I don't know. It gets me because at the end, it's about the kids again, right? We're not right. we're not taking sports away. We're taking their food away, and that's mm-hmm. – so thank you for that, Ethan. That's, yeah. I'm thank not, you. I'm not going to cry right now. <laughs> not going to do that. But, guys, thanks for spending some time. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you, guys. For thank you. You know, all you guys do, we sure do appreciate you. I mean, we uh, know that, you know, a lot of families wouldn't, weren't able to travel, you know, a lot of the games that you guys were at, and so you guys really provided a, an awesome service to the community, so thank you. Well, we, we hope to continue that. Again, we were meeting with Jeff last week to try to figure out what that looks like, what do we do, what we can do. Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully pick that conversation back up and try to get things figured out yeah. again. As far as we know, is the high school schedule picking up kind of where it left yes, off? Yes, it is. So, guys, look at look at online. Our it's first, online right now. Our first game is next week on the 19th against Holbrook, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Basketball at home. Yes. That's the first one I remember man and I don't have wrestling off the top of my head but next week we've got it going and Tuesday's the first day Monday's a holiday as well right it's Martin Luther King Day I think if yep. I'm not mistaken so Tuesday night uh, more information to come guys watch um, watch the Booster Cub page and I'll, I'll be talking with Jeff as much as I can it'll be on Let's Go Elks but um, I know as soon as Jeff gets information it gets sent out and so just keep your eye out and we'll know more tomorrow than we knew today and we'll know more the next day and hopefully we know what we're doing by tuesday right yeah, so exactly. um, just, just bear you know just hang in there with us guys it changes every day we're going to try to do what we can um it, we're trying to get uh, enough people enough people stretched out that we can provide um 
streaming for, for some of the sports like this right now. And so uh, we've talked about it before, but if you're interested in being part of Let's Go Elks and what we do, please reach out on Facebook. You can send me a message. Um, I'm at Wes McBee on, on pretty much every social platform, or you can find us at Let's Go Elks as well. And, and let us know. My, again, Rustin was just asking about getting to video for basketball, and I'm like, man, do you realize that's like three hours of sitting there moving the camera? And he's for it. Like, we have people that want to do it. And so if you want to help us bring winter sports and whatever else we can, please reach out. We, we need the help. Um, one of the scariest things for me is when this outgrew just me and a camera and a computer, right? And it's been really fun to, to see it happen. So... Um, for Let's Go Elks, I'm Wesley McBride. A huge thanks to Mr. Jeff Cochran and Principal Morgan, which I will always get backwards my yeah. entire Sorry, life. Principal I Slade. I think I put Slade in my phone. Like yeah. I just, it's always backwards. So I know I call you one, and it's I'm, either I'm like, known as the man with two last names. Oh, it's either Buddy Buddy because I mean they're like, hey, yeah. Slade Morgan Buckaroo, yeah. you know. And so, middle school, high school principal, Mr. Ethan Holiday at Luck Unchanged on pretty much all the platforms as well. Mr. Dan Muth, which is dan.muth.12, or dmjmpls.com. Guys, for Let's Go Elks, have a good one. Be safe. Make good choices.